1: brother or sister is naked and lacks daily food and one of you says to them go in peace keep warm and eat your fill yet you do not supply their bodily needs what good is that so faith by itself if it has no works is dead but someone will say you have faith and i have works show me your faith without works and i by my works will show you my faith you believe that god is that god is one you do well you i'm sorry you demons believe and shudder do you want to be shown you, the senseless person, that faith without works is barren, was not our ancestor Abraham justified by works when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works and by faith was brought to completion of the works. Thus, the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see that a person is justified by their works and not by faith alone. Likewise, was not the person justified by works? and not by faith alone? Rahab, the prostitute, also justified by works when she welcomed the messengers and sent them out by another road. For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is also dead. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, Thanks be to God. God.
0: Holy and gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of each one of our hearts be holy and pleasing to you. That you continued speaking to us, that we would continue to grow closer to you and closer in our relationship with this local church and this local community. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so. Uh, We we've been on quite a journey through this series, right? This is week five. And as uh, Sydney mentioned at the top next week, we're going to welcome new members into this church. We're going to actually welcome new members and we're going to baptize an infant. And so uh, ending this series with the epitome of the practice of what we are calling ourselves towards. But you see, when I started this series, I didn't want it to just be about those new members who are joining us because, yes, that is a celebration in and of itself. But I think one of the things that we lose sight of in the church is that as we go along, the vows that we make at our baptism or when we become members of a church, they often fade away into existence. Right. I was baptized uh, when I was about six months old in 1989, and I was confirmed when I went into fifth grade in the year 2001, 2000, somewhere in there, <laughs> We're not gonna do that. which means that I made my vows almost 23 years ago. Now I know a lot y'all like to make fun of how young your pastor is. And so I know for many of us, those vows may be just maybe, maybe a couple of weeks older, right? Just a couple of weeks. It's important to revisit these vows as we commit ourselves into community. As we come and we learn what it is our role here in church is. Because so often in our faith, we get into this manner of complacency. Right? We get inducted into the faith. Right, We we profess our faith in God. We acknowledge God's love in our life. And in doing so, we make a profession of faith and a vow and a covenant to serve in a local community. And now we are a part of that community. And it's almost like that honeymoon phase. Right there at the beginning, we get so excited to do all of these things And it's not that the the spirit wanes down. It's not any any of those things. Sometimes it's just a manner of complacency that as we are in a place for a long time, sometimes as the newness wears off, it takes a little bit more to continue to realize and continue to live into that work, Ready to become so much that when we look at what it means to participate in a church, oftentimes we think to ourselves, well, I go to church on a regular basis. And to say that here in 2023, the, the Barna Group, who has done research on church attendance and, and people in the church, has now come to define regular church attendance as once a month. Oh no. <laughs> which we begin to think about, and we begin to look and see that when we begin to define participation in the church... We begin to think of those one or two things that we do. Now remember what I said, regular attendance in church is once a month. But I would almost hazard to guess that in some of those cases, while they may only worship once a month, sometimes their membership, their commitment to a church is not judged by that once a month that they're in church. You see, when we break down the essence of participating in church to one area one space, one thing. We neglect to understand the wholeness, the fullness. Now, I'm not saying you can only come to church once a month. Again, I will refer you back to my service on presence and to Mr. Moody and his little coal that he puts on the side of the fire. But to say that as we move together, as we look together at what it means to be church, We see the way in which we are called in all of these different areas. You know, my mind thinks about that fledgling Christian church in the book of Acts as they are charged with this action, this desire to go forth and to share. This pull to connect with the greater society. And what their invitation and their covenant meant as they sought to live in their communities. And so we've looked here so far at four words, right? We've looked at these four words that play this role of covenant in our church. We looked at prayers, presence, gifts, and service. And friends, if you were a United Methodist before 2008, your commitment ended there. Your commitment ended with prayers, presence, gifts, and service. And that was was what you were covenanting to the church. But you see, in 2008, as Methodists gathered in some place in this country, I can't remember where, I think it was Dallas- They got together and they thought to themselves that it felt like there was more you see prayers presence gifts and service it almost focused inward these were things that they didn't necessarily push us to go out into the world we can look at things like prayer and the way that we pray for others outside of our walls we can look at this understanding of service and going in other places and serving but the problem is is if we're not pushed to that attitude, then we may forget and neglect that those opportunities are there. Why? Because the one thing that we were missing was that outward push. What is moving us from this building, this space, this time into the greater world to go and to help others understand, not just about God, but to visually see and experience who God is. And so in 2008, they added this word witness right and and the the united methodist church writes it this way they said when the association of annual conference lay leaders submitted its proposal that's right the the vows of the church started with lay leaders lay people they saw prayer presence gifts and service were primarily inward focused and institutional in character they offered little insight or inspiration for disciples of jesus christ to engage in god's mission of transforming the world Though in an earlier vow, those seeking, professing membership promised to be Christ's representatives in the world, there was no reflection of that baptismal promise in the vows of membership in a local church. Therefore, adding and witness to the list may help our members, new and old, to recognize their responsibilities not only to show up, but to show forth God's saving love in all that we do. Right, because it looks like more often than not that unless there is that push, unless there is that draw to do more, to be called to something greater, we often miss the opportunity. And so we look at this, this fifth and final vow. As members of this congregation, will you faithfully participate in its ministries with your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness? And I say all five of them today to remind us that none of these work in individuality. We do not in one instance decide today, right now at 1059 a.m. on Sunday, September the 3rd, I am going to participate with my presence. And that is it. All you're getting for this hour is me being here. No, you see, all of these gifts All of these vows work in consultation with one another. We cannot separate them out and say, well, I only want to do this or I only want to do that. And it's this last vow that tells us that it's this last vow, this this idea of witness in the world that calls us into a greater place. Right. It boils down to the way that we both live and share our faith. And even more importantly, it does that. In a way and nature that does not behold in us right here in this building. It calls us to think beyond our community. One of the United Methodist resource pages says it like this. They say the dictionary, because it's always a great place to go first. So I thought I'd just come here. Defines witness as having personal knowledge of something and giving testimony to it. Thus, one is an observer of an event. And then is able to tell others what one has seen and heard. So, this is where the rubber meets the road, right? Because, again, prayers, presents, gifts, service a lot of that is our experience right here in this community, right? We pray together, we're present with one another, we give to help this community. And we serve in this community. We serve one another. And yet, how do we reconcile that often inward nature with the mission of the United Methodist Church? To make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation. Anybody know those last three words? Of the world. It's not for the transformation of Beech Grove United Methodist Church. It's for the transformation of the world. We're inherently called in this to go forth from this place to show what it is we have experienced within this community. It boils down to living our faith. It calls us to look beyond ourselves. It calls us into the community because faith is not just faith. Faith cannot Just be faith. Mm -hmm. And I think that when we look here in Scripture, especially here in the book of James, we begin to know and understand, just like James says, faith without works is dead. Now, I love the book of James, it's my favorite book in the New Testament. Um, actually James 1:27 and 28 were my, not just my confirmation passages. They were my ordination passages. And sometimes I catch slack because James is my favorite book and James boldly declares that faith without works is dead. And folks come and say to me, well, pastor, how do you reconcile that? Does that mean that I have to do work to get into heaven? And then I always point them right here to James two. Because James 2 gives us a definition of witness, gives us a definition of what it means to be a Christian, not just what it meant to be a Christian in biblical times, but what it can mean for us to be Christians in our present age, our modern era as well. Because James starts out here, James, or the writer here in James says, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but do not have works? Can faith save you? If a brother or sister is naked and lacks food, and one of them says, go in peace, keep warm and eat your fill, and yet you do not supply their bodily needs, what good, what is the good of that? So faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. Even going on to say, where if someone show me your faith without works, and I will show you by my works, my faith. Now hear me out here and I have said this multiple times because I do not want to be committed as a heretic in the church. I very much like my job. I very much like the church. Salvation is determined by faith. Right? Salvation is determined by faith. The moment we profess that we believe in God, the moment that we profess and acknowledge God's love in our lives, the moment that that happens, we are saved. Scripture tells us that. I'm not arguing that. What I'm arguing is we believe in a faith that transforms us. That calls and pulls us in different directions in this world. And if I'm being honest, not as a pastor, but as a Christian, it irritates me to see Christians whose works do not line up with their faith. Because that is not the witness that God calls us to have. Those are not the people that God calls us to be. And so can faith without works save you, James? Yes, faith can save you. But friends, I'm going to have a hard time believing that you actually believe in God. If your life is not transformed. If the works of your faith are not shown and are not present. Right. And here's why I can say this confidently. When we look at the early church, we see a church that is defined not by this nature of freedom of religion. There were not these big, beautiful church buildings. There were not people standing at the bus bus stop on Portsmouth Boulevard handing out religious literature. There were not people in coffee shops talking about faith. No faith was the private conversations that you had in your home church was a gathering of a few families who all believed in the way of Jesus and they had a meal together and they talked about how awesome Jesus was and how great the teachings of Jesus called them to do better things and witness for them meant not going out and talking about Christ. Witness for them meant going out and living as though Christ had changed their lives. It was going out and it was serving the poor. It was helping the orphans. It was caring for the widows. Show me your faith and I will show you my works. I will show you by my works that I believe in God, that I believe in Jesus, right? The people literally participated in ministries because it was the only way that they could do it. And thereby giving us this example of what it means to witness to our faith. Right? If our faith means anything, if we profess and scream our faith to God in the mountains, shouldn't that change? Shouldn't that help us to know who we are and how we relate to other people in the world? Right? When we proclaim our faith in God in our baptism, we recognize the world that surrounds us. And we covenant to be a part of the work that God is doing in that world. And so our witness is the fruit of our faith. Right? Why? Because if if prayers, presence, gifts, and service are what we are doing here, which, I mean, honestly, worship is a great embodiment of this vow. Right? We pray, we are present, we offer gifts. We have people who are serving with us today, and we are serving amongst one another. And what's the last thing that we do? What do I do? I kick you out of this building. Honestly, I got to lock up. Because the fruit of what is experienced, of what is gained, of what is understood, of what is learned in this space, takes us out into the world to go and do that work, right Faith produces fruits, and fruits, those are our works. Even when we look at how Paul is describing this nature of faith and works, we see that as Paul is talking to the Galatians, Paul is defining this nature of believing, and then what is called Paul, the fruits of the spirit. To be a witness means we take the gospel, we allow it to transform us. We breathe in the spirit and we go out into the world. The spirit is a part of us and calls us beyond our living. This local church, this community, this body of Christ needs your witness. We need your experiences. We need your beliefs. We need your faith in God. Why? Because that is what drives us to do any and everything that we do. I have people who ask me, Andrew, why Why are you a pastor? And I want to jokingly say that I lost a bet, but. <laughs> My friends, I'm a pastor because because I love God. Because. I have experienced everything that God has for me. I have lived into everything God has done for me. And I have found a place and a calling in this this ministry of being an elder in the church. And as we draw ourselves into community together, we are each looking for that calling of how we express that very love, that very faith in God that we have experienced ourselves. And it calls us out there, right? There's the things that happen in here. We have our Bible studies. We have our worship. We have our fellowship events. We have, we have the things that happen in this space. And by, by this space, I don't necessarily mean the church building. I mean, like within this church community, the things that we do together as beach Grove to help us learn and grow. And as we continue to do those things, we continue to see and welcome new people into this community as they become part, as they feel welcome, as they commit themselves to doing this work as well. But friends, our mission field, the people that we are called to serve are not just in here. They're not just a part of this community. They're out there. They're out there. I don't know if you've seen our world these days, but there is one thing that I think that our world could use more than anything. And that's God's love. Because we remind ourselves everything that God has done for us, everything that God has done for this community. It's hard to define specifically what faithfully participating in this church community with your witnesses because uh, unlike prayers where I can tell you who to pray for or presence when I can tell you, hey, friends, be here at this time. Unlike gifts where we, you know, hold up our offering plates or we ask you for your time in different areas or we're looking for spiritual gifts for serving or in service, we're asking you to serve in different places. We had our Salvation Army and fed uh, uh, almost a hun- over 100 people this week. I mean, those are really easy to define. I sat there all day on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday writing this sermon, and I just wanted one tangible thing to define witness, but what I realized is witness is your life. Witness is the life you live, it's the places you go, it's the people you meet, it's how you carry and conduct yourself. And the thing is, is not only do people see by your witness the God that you believe in, but people see by your witness the community that you are a part of. And having been here for over three years, I can confidently say that when we tell people About the experiences. About the spirit. About all that is present here at Beach Grove. Friends, this is a great place to experience God. Amen? Amen. Amen. And when we live like that, when we do that work of witnessing to how we have experienced God's love here at Beach Grove, we help others know how they can experience God's love. I mean, whether they choose to come here to Beach Grove or not. But we know that we've done our part, faithfully participating in the ministries of this church. That no matter where we are, no matter what we're doing, whether we can make it to church on Sunday morning or whether our kids have a soccer game. and We have to engage in worship at the soccer field. Whether we're out on a Wednesday night hanging out with friends. It's the way that we live our faith. That shows others who we truly are. And so how is the world going to see you? How do you show them the church that you're a part of? And even more importantly, how do you show them the God that you believe in? Amen.